It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wildey with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. <laughs> Tuesdays with Aaron. Nice work, sound guy. Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers with us. Um, so the last time I brought you something, um, it was, I think, the photograph of or the uh, issue of Esquire magazine with um, Mark Sanchez, and it created a small stir. I think that was early in our time. I haven't brought you anything since. I brought oh, you I this. Can't wait. This is this is why we need the amazing. TV camera in here. So this, I thought. Of all the pictures that have been taken of you over the years, I thought this one was one of the coolest I've ever seen. It's the one of you, and I know a few of my friends have already told me this is their screensaver or their background. Never mind the quality of the photo. I had a print yeah, out at home. it's uh, poor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you on your back, pointing up at the sky after the game-winning touchdown. What's going through that guy's head right there? I'm exhausted right there. <laughs> You're just tired. Literally That's it. exhausted. Uh, it was a hot day. It was humid. Um, I'm a little disappointed. I, you know, I'm, it's well documented. I worked on uh, my flexibility this offseason. Did a, a lot of yoga. I wish that my my uh, legs were a little bit uh, straighter here. Um, uh, I'm not doing exactly a, a toe grab there to stretch my hamstring, but um, <laughs> but no, I was I was uh, a little bit tired. I actually threw this touchdown without my chin strap buckled. I. Seriously, of the questions questions I've gotten, that I've gotten, I don't know, that was an accident. Times, an accident. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I mean, I, I can't remember last time I played a play without my chin strap. Now, I there were some people that apparently have more time on their hands than you and I, and they had. I I was sent a, a fair amount of screen captures of you having had it happen before. Um. What do you mean, like two or three, maybe yeah, like over the four or five? I think. Okay, four or five in a hundred games is. That's well, okay. I mean, I'm not sure all of them were captured on TV, but but so what? Uh, first of all, you got to give me some. You're thinking more than just I'm exhausted, right? I mean, there's some measure of joy or exultation or. There's a lot of joy, yeah, but I was exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I mean, it was a long day. We had a lot of plays on offense. Um, Finally, 79, right? Yeah, yeah, I got over 75, all right. Just took a 86-degree uh, uh, weather game in Florida for that to happen. We all lost a considerable amount of weight, thankfully, um, for some of us. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was just a lot of a lot of joy, a lot of emotion. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting in a game like that, um, especially when, you know, we had a fourth and ten on the drive. We had, uh, you know, six seconds on the clock. Um, you know, touchdown to win. If you don't get it, you obviously lose and go to three and three. We win the game, go to four and two, you know, tied for division lead, and um, get a big, uh, big road win against a, a good opponent. So TJ, we talked to TJ after the game, and Who's we, Pete Doherty and I. Okay, um, and he gave this great quote for my story, which I'm sure you read because you're an avid reader. Um, what, where, where where do you post your stories at? <laughs> uh, it's good to have you back, buddy. Yeah. Um, 
He talked about how he said that, and, and I wanted to offer this to you, he said he looked in your eyes and he could tell that meant a lot to you. Um, it may have just been exhaustion, apparently, as he comes to help you up. But um, you... I saw on Twitter today that somebody thought that they, they looked at my eyes and I wasn't feeling well during the game. So you're checking, you're, you're proofreading the Ask Aaron questions without me. No, I just looked at a couple. It just happened to open up there on my screen. I was, I was right. checking my news on, uh, sure. Yeah, see if Krabby texted anything yeah. or tweeted anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So if there's been a, there's been two criticisms of you during your career that I know have, I've heard, I don't know if they bother you or not. One of them has been that you don't have enough fourth quarter comebacks. We have talked about this before, the idea um, that a number of your teammates even mentioned, including Matt Flynn on Sunday, that you have a lot of game-winning drives. They a lot of times happen in the third quarter uh, when you put teams away. You did it against Chicago in the finale last year to get this team to the playoffs in your first game back. You did it Sunday. Does that criticism bother you? Does it feel? Do you feel anything other than the joy of winning in that fashion? Do you feel anything in terms of shutting people up that criticize you for that aspect of your game? I feel absolutely nothing but the pure enjoyment of winning a football game in that moment right there, captured after we threw the uh, the winning touchdown. There, um, there will always be critics, and uh, critics. Uh, you know, thrive on uh, on bringing new stuff up all the time. So there's always going to be uh, things that they will look for and um, spin or highlight uh, to make uh, to make their point valid. And as long as there's going to be critics, there's going to be opportunities to prove those critics wrong. And when you prove them wrong in one situation, then they'll find another situation. So they're always going to be there. You can't spend any time or energy worrying about what people are uh, going to try and say about you. You know, they're, there's, uh, they're, they're always going to be there, and uh, I'm just going to keep playing the way I'm playing and, and hopefully win a lot of games here. Uh, well, I'll ask you about the other criticism later um, because I want to ask you more about that. What it, not Most of us, you know, I think I've hit a game-winning three in pickup ball at the Y before. Um, that's the closest. Yeah. No, I did. Did you really? Uh, there's witnesses. Wow. Um, it was a long time ago. Uh, can you can you put into words what that feels like? Because I thought when you talked about it after the game too, you talked a lot about the the togetherness aspect of it and TJ recovering the fumble and Q making the right play on the touchdown and James having the run to start the drive and. Jordy and, and Randall having the catches that they – I mean, it was a collective effort. So what does it feel like to do that? It's hard to describe. It is. I figured it might be. Uh, it's pretty – it's just really special. You know, so many so many guys have to make plays for those things to happen, uh, whether it's protection each each completion or the uh, the catch, the catch and run, getting out of bounds, guys making heady plays. Um, yeah, a lot goes into it, and there's – there's subtle adjustments along the way that uh, that allow you to uh, finish that off with a touchdown. So, um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of pride as an offense when uh, you're put in that situation. Your defense is just held twice, and you've gotten you know previous drive went down and got points, didn't tie the game, but got points. Defense held, gave one first down, then held, and we got the ball back. Uh, an extra, you know, one a small play that hadn't probably got enough. Uh, 
credit it's due is, is Micah's punt return there, which is a really uh, smart play by him. As the look like the gunner uh, was thinking about getting contained and that maybe he was going to fair catch it, and he didn't, and stepped up and got us uh, ten or twelve yards. It uh, improved our field position there and gave 17 us seventeen yard return. Seventeen, yeah, was it really from wow. the twenty three to the forty? Well, I mean that's that's incredible. Um, you get the ball past the thirty. I mean, in, in just normal situations, we're thinking. You know, we got to get a couple first downs and we're going to score points. So we got the ball in the 40. That was, that was a huge start to it. But so much goes into a drive like that. And, and you know, the quarterback often gets more credit uh, uh, than, than he deserves. And I like to deflect it uh, when I can to the guys who deserve it. And there's so much that goes into each one of those plays. Um, but obviously, you know, TJ with the big fumble recovery, Jordy with a great uh, route and catch on the fourth and ten. And, um, you know, Devontae with a heady play, getting yards, getting out of bounds, and Drew running a good route uh, were kind of the highlights. But uh, it all had to come together and, and uh, work out the way it did for us to come away with the victory. And, and we love being able to pick up our defense after they uh, they got a big stop for us. Well, uh, we'll get to some of the plays uh, specifically inside the helmet. I was talking to Matt Flynn after the game, and he said the two-minute drills, which he had some great ones last year when you were out too. He said it's chaos but that you control the chaos, which I thought was a pretty cool way to describe it. What did it? What are you thinking? What is it, 204 left? You've got the two-minute warning coming. You don't have any other timeouts. What are you thinking as you go into the huddle, and, and do you say anything to the guys, like, we got this, or, hey, there's John Candy in the stands? Uh, it, what do you what Uncle do you, Buck? Well, isn't, that's the Montana story, right? Yes. Um, what what are you what are you feeling and thinking as you get it started because you know it's going to get crazy right mm-hmm. I think it's it's kind of like a backed up drive mentality in in my mind uh, when you're backed up on your own goal line you're thinking let's get a first down and then we'll get rolling uh, you get a first down you start to change the field position you start to gain confidence and that's when the big long uh, touchdown drives come and when, with a two minute drive it's often uh, if you can just get to that first first down uh, you get that enough momentum uh, to really uh, start to start to make uh, make the momentum stack up and, and the and the score inevitable um, at least in 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 your own mind that uh, the confidence grows uh, the closer you get to the goal line I think and, and the pressure kind of flips from the offense to the defense uh, because they know if they give a touchdown they're gonna lose uh, so it, it kind of uh, with the two minute warning uh, kind of reset so we needed in my mind this one more first down to get going and uh, like Tom Clements always says, time and downs. You know, we were able to make it work on fourth down, get a first down. After we got that, I think there was a big confidence. There for sure was in my mind. I was confident we were going to score. But after we got that first down, there was a big jump in confidence, I think, for for all of us that, hey, that's all we need. Now we're in the, now with the 30, we're going to get this ball in the end zone. We just really needed one more big play. James made a great catch and run to get his first down. And then uh, the, the three-play sequence of uh, Randall making a catch for four, Fake spike, Devontae getting out of bounds, and then Drew making uh, making the winning catch there. But um, I really felt like once we got it on their side of the field, that the uh, scoring was uh, was inevitable. Well, the other thing that I noticed when I was talking to Matt was you came out of the shower and you had the towel around your waist, but you turned your back, and your back was just like covered with red welts. Like I was like, that looked really painful. Um, how do you feel physically? And I know you talked about the protection the guys gave you on the on the touchdown drive, but you did you did take a fair amount of hits 
Um, was that one of the more physical games you've uh, you've had in a while? Yeah, I think so. Ranks ranks up there. What didn't help was uh, the field was uh, was so tight, the grass there. Um, I actually I wore my favorite shoes. I don't know if you you know that by I'm looking at this picture here. Yeah, yeah, I wore my. Uh, um, my, my shoes I usually wear on uh, artificial grass, uh, indoor, mostly indoor yeah. stadiums, and a few outdoor have it now. But uh, but because the grass was so tight, I was able to uh, get the proper grip with those, with just little nubs on the bottom. Um, but it also made uh, for kind of a uh, astroturfish, um, you know, cuts and stuff uh, on my arm. I'll, you know, again, we need some a camera here, but I, I got this beauty Ooh. on my arm right here. Um, Are you sure you haven't been riding a motorcycle yeah, and not telling anyone? I have a little road rash here. That's uh, disgusting. You should get some Neosport or something on there. I'm letting it heal, okay, with the wonderful Wisconsin air right now. And your sweatshirt. And my under me. It's raining outside, so <laughs> I had to put it over it. But, uh, but yeah, the, the field cut me up a little bit and, and took some shots as well. But, uh, but I think the line did a good job. I mean, they had two really good uh, defensive uh, ends who can rush the passer. We took some shots. Uh, took a shot on the sideline there. I didn't think it was going to come. I kind of got pushed in the in the back there on one of my runs where I pump faked uh, as I was past the line of scrimmage, and the guy jumped up in the air. I was able to get a couple yards there. Um, didn't think I was going to take that shot. Should probably got out of bounds, maybe a step sooner. But uh, but yeah, it's all worth it in a game like that when it finishes the way it did. What about the quarterback draw? Like you had so many um, great plays, and we'll do some of them inside the helmet. But I I I really enjoyed that play as just an observer. What um, what's going through your head there? And what was it? Third and eight? I think it was third and eight, and you got eight yards. Was yeah, that... right at the first down. There, it was one of those things where it's not really something that we've talked a whole lot about, but the situation kind of dictated making that check uh, with the two-man look, where the quarterback is the only guy uncovered. There, man underneath with two high safeties, and we had this, some wide techniques up front, meaning that the defensive tackles were outside outside edge of the guards and decided to uh to call the quarterback draw there and and uh Corey, you know he 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 doesn't respect my speed yet i guess he hasn't seen me really take off and make some big runs so he was kind of waiting around not sure who to block i tried to hide behind him a little bit but uh so we'll work on that we'll get Corey to go out and, and block somebody one of these times but uh but i i, I did hear a, a story about him uh diagramming that play on on tv after the game and i guess it was uh Good TV. He was on cover two on WBAY. Did, did you need to see it? Do you want to break down the tape of him breaking down the tape? I'm going to, yes. I, I know yes. some people. Yes, could, would you please? I could get that for you. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and this goes back to the reference about the other um, perceived criticism, fair or not, is this idea that you hold on to the ball too long. Right. And um, I thought that the Randall Cobb play, if anyone ever says that you hold on to the ball too long again, they should probably just cue that up, uh, the touchdown. I, I didn't want to use that inside the helmet because I wanted to ask you about the fine line between risk-reward uh, of doing that, of taking a sack, of not throwing an interception, of taking a hit. Uh, where do you, in your mind, draw the line? Because everyone, Mike McCarthy on down, will say how good you are at extending the play. How do you go about making sure that it results in what it resulted in on the touchdown to Cobb? Because that was just a hell of a play. Well, it's 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 a feeling, you know. It's it's timing. Obviously, we've had some 
uh, some plays like that over the years where we've been able to extend a play and, and uh, throw touchdowns outside the pocket, and it's it's about uh, knowing when to when to get out and when to uh, try and get rid of it. Um, but in that situation, you know, that was just a, a, a little subtle thing that uh, that I've done at times over the years where you uh, you just I was talking actually Turgovac about it, our defensive line coach about how you just kind of bait the defensive line just a second by just kind of hesitating as I moved to my right and hesitated just for a second. I could feel where the defense uh, was coming from, but just hesitating just makes them change their angle of attack slightly, and then I was able to get outside. And once I got outside, that's when uh, the guys really were able to work for me, and, and I saw Randall and knew that, uh, you know, in, in a step, after I saw him, it was about a one step to get the ball out, and, and that's a throw that... Uh, I think you have to work on in practice, and that's where operating in an imperfect environment helps because you work on those difficult throws where your body's moving one way and you have to throw back another way. And thankfully, everything worked together there. But I think as far as the criticism goes, I think that's where some of the comedy comes in to me. You have to find humor in it because, you know, I get I get criticized for holding the ball too long and not taking risks. Right, so then there's the risk versus interception, but then I fake a spike and throw it to Devonte and get criticized for taking risks. Um, so I, that's why, like I said earlier, that uh, critics are always they're always going to win as far as getting their criticism out there because they can make up new critic uh, things to criticize whenever they want um, and and use stats or feelings or whatever to fit their specific. Um, you know, thing they're they're criticizing. So, uh, I, I'm going to play the way I played, and uh, it's been pretty successful around here. And, and uh, I'm going to hold on the ball when when I feel like I can, and get out when I feel like I can as well. Um, but uh, I don't worry too much about the critics because it, it's there's so much uh, that uh, it's on it's talking out of both sides of the mouth, and and, and that's why that stuff doesn't bother me. Has that changed for you though? Um, you know, we talked in the off season. And uh, you didn't give Olivia direct credit, um, but then I found that she'd used the quote before about writing your own character but not your story, and that you just seem like you're not letting that stuff get to you as much. Like, the way you answered that, that wasn't in any way, like, combative. It was kind of like, you know, kind of a thing. I, I Nobody they would have the camera in here. If so we, they would have seen me do the brush thing. Yeah, shoulder. but that's re- really old. I didn't know if I wanted to admit that I did that. Um so is that a change for you? I mean, I, I don't think it – because then, uh, of course, I, I ask, you know, that's not losing your edge, right, is is not worrying about that because we've talked about the chip on your shoulder forever, too long probably in your estimation. So is that a change for you philosophically, the way you I, do Yeah, I don't think I'm losing my edge at all. Um, I'm still uh, uber competitive and uh, have a strong desire to be great every time I step on the – practice field step in the facility obviously step on the game field but uh yeah i just think things that uh, you know it's it's a process of just continuing to work on uh, allowing things to just roll off your back yeah. and and not get to you as much and i think you know some people have that trait innately um and then some people need to work on it a little bit and i was you know i think i'm one of the people who, who just you know have just made a conscious effort to, to just Stop worrying about things that uh, ultimately don't matter uh, in the grand scheme of my life, and, and uh, it helps. AJ's one of those guys that's innately like that, right? I mean, he couldn't care less about what we think or what we say about him, could he? Yes, he couldn't. He's very 
relaxed. <laughs> I'm bringing it back up now. I, I like yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love. See, now it's two weeks out, so we can, yeah. can kind of circle back to it. So, and we're not going to do a new word a week. You don't want to. You want to have the word of the week? No. Okay. All right. Um, last thing on on that um, discussion, and then we'll get to inside the helmet. Um, we're talking about you know getting. You had said that it was part of it was because you've gotten to be 30 now and things change when you're 30. Um, you said today in another interview that now you're thinking you'd like to play till you're 40 or into your 40s. I, I didn't get to listen to the entire thing. Um, I feel like you sat in that chair a few years ago and said, you know, that you, you wanted to play another whatever number of years, but I was doing the math and it sounded like 36, 37. Um, What's changed for you there? I think it was uh, last year I started to make some really healthy changes with my um, my off-season habits, I think, with okay. uh, my workouts and um, flexibility and um, just added to it with, with uh, being smarter about my diet and um, feeling like I, I can really keep up the way I'm playing uh, for longer than maybe I initially thought. You know, I think there's so many ways that you can uh, train yourself to stay in tip, tip-top shape and do cutting-edge things and flexibility stuff and eating right. And there's so many, um, you know, kind of holistic uh, um, holistic medicine, holistic uh, you know, health and wellness uh, that uh, that's now becoming more mainstream that can really, I think, add years onto your career. So, You're getting after it. Yeah. I am. As Thanks. they say on your Prevea ads. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I said in nine I'd like to play nine more. I believe that nine more would be, would it not be 39 turning 40? Yeah. Okay, right? so that's kind of what I meant. Because I'm 30 turning 31 in December in 10. Would it be wrong to count now? Yeah. Okay. 31, 32. Right. Yeah, okay. I can't do it without my fingers, so. Um, <laughs> but you feel but the, you feel that good. Has the, has the game changed enough, too? I mean, you know, there are some pretty great quarterbacks that maybe from the abuse they took or from the hits they took over the years, it wasn't physically realistic. You're seeing... Peyton, you're seeing your friend Tom Brady. It looks like he's gonna, he he he's relaxed now after the way they've played the last couple. Yeah, weeks. how about that? Now they're four and two, and everybody's <laughs> talking about how Brady's back. <laughs> he never left, folks. So, so you're, but the game has changed a little bit too. Would you say? I, that, that allows yeah, that? I think the rule changes have definitely helped. Um, but I think you know, health and wellness has changed as well in yeah. the last uh, in the last twenty years. There's uh, there's more studies, there's more information about. Um, things you can do to uh, maintain uh, for longer. Let's go inside the helmet as we look at a few of the plays from Sunday's game. I, I thought Rob Domofsky asked uh, Tom Clements uh, a question yesterday that I thought was really good, and I'm not just saying that because I know he's listening and tweeting out everything you say. Um, but he, he went down all the plays you made in the game, and he was like, at the end, he was just like, and those were all in one game. Um I, it was hard to choose from these, but is that, was that a game that had the most like key plays 
that you can remember in a while? Like you felt like you had some really key moments? Because, you know, statistically I think he ended up with 264 yards, so it wasn't like a career passing day. But between all the different things that happened on the touchdown drive and and a few of the other plays during the course of the game, the touch, the other touchdown throws, the quarterback draw, et cetera, was that one where you just – there were a lot of key plays you felt like you guys came through on, including yourself? Yeah, there's always games that are going to be like that where there's multiple plays, maybe not as many as uh, as Miami. There are a lot of memorable ones, but um, I'd have to think about the number okay. of, you know, the number of uh, go through some of the starts and think about that kind of thing. But th- I mean, this will rank uh, rank high in my memory because of the uh, the time we had left and and uh, what we had to do to to win that game. It would always be special going against Joe, who's a who's a dear friend, and and uh, uh, you'd love to get a chance to see him. Uh, and compete against him, but uh, but yeah, this will go down as a moment we'll look back on and, and smile about. See, seeing him meant a lot to you. I saw when he came out of the tunnel, all the guys ran, and you veered off and went and gave him a hug right away. That I mean, he really does mean a lot to you, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, I owe a lot of uh, a lot of gratitude to him for uh, the time that um, we got to spend together. Um, he really helped me become a a better leader, I think, and, and taught me about a, a lot about leadership and, and how to get the, the message I wanted to convey to my teammates across. And uh, I always appreciate his Saturday morning cup of joes, the speech he would give to the offense. He always uh, had, a, had a great way of bringing, uh, bringing a little bit of perspective to, uh, to the week. So let's go inside the helmet. I, I, I have to ask about the fake spike. I understand that there are certain things about it that you can't share with us because there's – signs or whatever it might be but can you can you take us through what exactly went on from your perspective at least as much as you can share because uh that was one of the cooler plays that i think you've pulled off in in your career well i yelled clock which means spike and i didn't spike it and i threw it to Devante. <laughs> anything that anybody else has said about it my apologies to those people, but it's probably slightly exaggerated. I mean, that's really what happened. I yelled clock. I actually looked at Randall uh, and was thinking about giving him a signal to, to, to run a route. I saw Eddie out of the corner of my eye running the field. I looked to see where the umpire was uh, because sometimes when there's a, a substitution, they will stand over the ball. Uh, but it was running back for running back, so they didn't stand over the ball. I looked up at the clock. Last night, I was make sure we had a legal formation. Those of you who remember 2009, was it, against Cincinnati? We played them at home? Yeah. Eight or nine? Nine. Nine. And uh, we didn't have a legal formation there at the end of the game and went to spike the ball and got called for a false start. Or the, and the game was over there, which was really disappointing. So looked out to the right to make sure we had legal formation. And as I did, I noticed that the, the corner was way off of uh, Devante, knowing that we had a second and six-ish um, from uh, outside of the ten, I thought we might be able to get some cheap yards. All that, like I said, is happening uh, in a very short amount of time right. there. Um, and you got to make a quick decision. You spike it, you might have – you spike it and you have two plays. You fake spike it and get out of bounds with anywhere from two to three to – what did he get? Six. S- six yards. You know, then you have – uh, potential first down. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant six seconds. I, how many yards did he get? He 12, got 12. Right? Yeah, so he got 12 yards. Um, obviously, uh, 
there's a big difference between the two plays from the 16 and two plays from the four-yard line. Uh, didn't expect to get 12 on that play. Uh, to be honest, expected to get five or six. Okay. Um, but, again, two plays from the 10 is better than two plays from the 16. So all that went into my mindset. It's stuff I think about from time to time when we are running two-minute drills in practice or afterwards when I'm thinking about it. I've done the fake spike in practice before um, with uh, with some uh, success. But... Um, I did watch the Dan Marino play years ago. I'm a huge football fan growing up, and right. I thought that was brilliant. Um, and saw Dan on the sideline. I didn't get to make eye contact with him, but saw him across the across the field at, at one point during the game. And it's fun to be able to do that at the uh, the house that Marino built. So, D- Devontae said he saw a signal from you. Was there a signal, or was there not a signal? I don't know what he's talking about. Okay, and that's, and that's the truth. But but very heads up that he's ready for that ball. Very heads up, yes. Big moment. I mean, another. He he didn't. He seemed a little bit bothered when we asked him about kind of the development of where he's come from from a few weeks ago to now. But it really, I mean, this is a pretty key moment for him that he was heads up and did what he was supposed to do there and got out of bounds in a situation where if he doesn't, you lose, right? Possibly, we might have time to spike it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very heady play by him. I felt it during the week. I felt that it was going to be a, a big week for him. Um, I actually um, texted him and said, hey, um, expect the ball. I've been watching the film. You're open a lot. Uh, you've been doing good in practice. Expect the ball. You know, I talked to him before the game, reminded him actually uh, during the week uh, how important his focus was going to be to this game. And then, sure enough, the first two plays of the game, we throw on the ball. Right. So that... Uh, that was not on purpose. That was the defense dictated there, those first two plays. However, it definitely didn't hurt the stuff that I had said to him during the week, the stuff that he had heard from the other coaches during the week, the praise he had gotten about his performance, how he was improving his practice, how he was improving. Then the first two plays of the game, he gets the ball. Right. When we've thrown 60% of our targets to Randall and Jordy. Um that had to be a confidence boost for him. He also made a great play on a hitch route where I scrambled a little bit, threw it to him. He came back to the ball, broke a tackle, and went down the sidelines for 20-plus yards. He made plays that make you uh, – you got to temper it, but you, you get really excited about the, the possibilities. And, uh, again, I've said it before. I'll say it one more time. The reason that you start to trust a guy – is based on how that person performs in practice. When they make the plays in practice, and I can trust them that they're going to make those plays in the game, every guy who's had success here has done it, and Devontae is no different. So I was reading an excerpt from Bob Ryan's book uh, that just came out, and he's talking about Larry Bird, and he calls Larry Bird, because he covered him more than any other player, he calls Larry Bird the anti-Allen Iverson, that Bird loved practice. And he really and truly believed in the value of it in making you better. You're in the Larry Bird camp in a big way there, I assume? Yeah, I'm a big Larry Bird fan. Right. Yeah. Also by practice? Yes, practice. That's what we're talking about, practice. Yes. Uh, let's take two more plays real quickly, and then we'll get to Carolina. Um, the fourth down throw to Jordy. I was more wondering, what are you seeing um, as you're about to release the ball and about to get crushed as you're doing it well i saw jordy at the top of his route and then was able to kind of feel some middle pressure so i actually took a kind of a hitch back 
to just give myself just a little extra time um, as the pocket was collapsing. I was about to get rocked. Saw Jordy at the top of his route uh, break out and uh, uh, threw it to a spot. So uh, those are one of those those fun moments in a game. It's fun if it, it turns out the way it did where uh, you throw a ball and you feel good about it, but you have to wait to hear the crowd on whether or not it was completion or not. So I knew if there was going to be a huge reaction that uh, that it was incomplete uh, and uh, a medium reaction because we had a great fan. I was going to say, how were you going to tell? Yeah, well, the the Miami fans kind of came back to the game after it got interesting, I think. They, <laughs> we came out at halftime. I was like, where did everybody go? It's only 10-3, you know? I think they go on the concourse so they don't get heat stroke. Well, I don't blame them for that. But... Uh, but I heard that medium cheer, which I knew that he had caught it, and then was able to see him kind of race down the sidelines. Um, didn't actually know where he was out of bounds at first, but I was a little bummed to see it was not. It was at the thirty and not the, you know, a little a little closer in there. But it was uh, close. I mean, he if he was out of bounds, it was by a couple of uh, very tight white pieces of grass. Yeah, that was a big play. Did, did, was that pain? The hit was painful, or no? Nah, it's never that painful when you complete. When you get the play, right? Yeah. That's well, I should I should know better than that. All right, the last play. Um, take us through the game-winning touchdown because I know that was you, you saw the matchup there, and you had said after the game that that Q had been uh, in your ear a bit about when he got matched up with a uh, linebacker. He did, and Q's one of my favorite players on game day because he uh, will over-communicate. And you appreciate a guy who's, who's telling you what he's seeing out there. And, and uh, he said, hey, you know, I got a linebacker on me, and when he's on me, uh, I like the matchup. And he told me that a few times on the sidelines. And, and uh, you give him the yeah, yeah, uh, I see it. But, but you're also looking for it, too, especially when it's, when it's Andrew because you know it's not coming from a, I need the ball, I, you know, got to throw it to me. It's coming from a, hey, I'm open right? if this guy's guarding me. So it's not diva-ish. No, it's not, and and that's why I appreciate Q. You know, he had one catch coming in, one catch for seven yards coming into that play, um, and uh, we got the matchup we wanted on that side. We had Jordy and Randall to the same side. wasn't sure how they're going to play that, but they they uh, doubled Jordy, uh, who was in the slot, and they doubled Devante, who was in the slot, and uh, and matched up man outside, and uh, just made a a quick uh, a quick uh, visual check there and. And uh, felt really good about how Q was going to run that route, and he ran it exactly how I expected him to. And that's when it gets really fun. There's some there's some plays over over the years where you you hope that the eye contact allows you to be on the same page with a guy, yeah. And just making a subtle eye contact. And I remember a play from uh, 2000 and. Nine, I think it was eight or nine, where uh, a drive. Uh, Donald was in the slot, and he did an adjustment on a route based on eye contact, and I hit him for a touchdown, something that we hadn't really talked about, but it just you you, you hope that the way I looked at him and the way that he kind of nodded back at me that he knew what I was thinking, and he adjusted his route, and we threw a touchdown on the play. And it's plays like that where you just you you feel really good about the connection you have with, with the receiver when you can make that uh, that eye contact and be on the same page. So I'm proud of Q. Uh, he's he's a guy who's made some big plays over the years, and, and hopefully this uh, – this is the start of uh, getting him some more opportunities. But, you know, guys, like I said it last week, I think that, you know, when, when we're throwing to Jordy and Randall a lot, it opens up opportunities for Devontae and, and for uh, for Q and, and anybody else out there. Do you uh, do you think we underrate him? I kind of feel like outside, and I know you don't worry about us, but maybe he's not as appreciated as um, maybe the way you just talked about him. He's really appreciated in our locker room, and, and 
you uh, a lot of times uh, people get credit outside locker room based on their uh, individual statistics, but there's a lot of stuff that that Q does um, that, that obviously doesn't show up in the stat sheet. So I'm really proud of him the way he's practiced and, and the way that he's performed when given opportunities. Let's get to uh, looking ahead to the Carolina Panthers. Um, they weren't playing in quite the same heat, but they played an entire extra quarter uh, in their tie with Cincinnati. What do you see from them uh, on film, and, and is this somewhere between common opponent and uncommon opponent because you've seen them a little bit but not a ton in your time? Yeah, it's probably it's more uncommon. Um, yeah. I haven't played them in a few years, um, but it's a talented team. they got... Yeah, really talented uh, quarterback who rests for 100 yards, so he's going to be a handful for our defense. Uh, he can beat you with his arm. I think he threw for like 400 yards last time we played him. He did. Um, huge game. It was amazing. I mean, he's got a, he's got a big-time arm, and he can beat you with his legs, obviously, as well, and, and run you over if he gets the opportunity. So he's a talented guy that can throw a lot of a lot of things at you in the pass and run game. On defense, it's a talented group. Uh, they got a real a real good front. They got the speed in in, the, in their linebackers. Um, they got some some big name guys who've uh, who've been playing high level for a while. And they got some some younger guys uh, making their way also. Um, obviously, Keekley is a guy who you you have to you have to know where he's at all the time. He's a talented player. Does he remind you of anyone? Are there any similarities to guys you faced? When you over say the years? like Brian. That's what I was. I thought you might say that, Brian Urlacher. Yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, the same type of player. He's he's very heady guy. He, he's got great ball skills. He makes uh, a ton of plays. He's a sideline-to-sideline player. Um, so he's a guy you got to account for, and uh, he kind of gets them going. But, uh, yeah, we got to stay on schedule against him. we got to do a better job on first down and put ourselves in manageable situations and then convert into situational offense and, fi- and find a way to, you know, try and uh, make them a little more one-dimensional if we let them uh, – you know, get really into their read option package and let Cam, you know, do run and pass, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough day. Let's get to your Ask Aaron questions, your favorite part of the show. You can submit them with the hashtag Ask Aaron, or you can email them to me. Ryan gets the first one. He says, knowing that Packer fans travel well, I was at the game, and I assumed that we would run into some other Wisconsinites and fans, but it looked like, to me, the turnout was close to 50-50. Did the turnout of Packers fans surprise you at all at the stadium? It didn't. It didn't surprise me only because we had heard during the week that there's going to be a lot of fans. Uh, I think it has to rank up there with one of the uh, the better showings that we've had on the road. Uh, probably top five in my in my time uh, with Green Bay. Um, I would put uh, just a couple moments ahead of it, just slightly. Uh, the end of the Atlanta playoff game was was amazing with the amount of fans that we had there uh, back in the, the January of 2011. Um, not a higher number, though, probably. Not a higher number, but just the, the overall experience. Higher number, I would have to say, for a reason it felt this way, San Diego a couple years ago. Yeah. We walked out of the tunnel, and it just went nuts. And it was like the kind of yell that you thought either San Diego ran the field, there was a streaker on the field that just got rocked by a security guard, or something crazy had happened. And he looked over like, oh, that's for us? And it's just the whole side was all green, and it was it was unbelievable. And the Chargers had to use... Uh, silent count that day, uh, which was amazing. I think Miami had to use it uh, on their fourth and one play potentially. Wow! Uh, early in that game, I think it was the second quarter of that game. So that's a lot of credit to our fans. I mean, they travel well. Uh, you know, for the for the snowbirds, I know that's a term up here. I'm sure, it wasn't a. Uh, it was an easy excuse to get down to uh, right. uh, to Miami to uh, to watch that game. But but we really appreciate uh, the support we get. It's incredible on the road and and. Uh, 
keep it coming. So fans can really impact the game. Like that that's true. Like it's not just fans that, can hundred percent impact the game and we hope to get a bunch down in New Orleans. Come on. Uh, Bram says, I made the reverse move that Aaron did growing up in Wisconsin and then moving to California. I've got to ask, Culver's or In N Out Burger? Well, come on, right? You're, yeah. Have you have you have you given Culver's a I chance? Have, yes. Okay. That's very good. Hard to measure up to your double double animal style with all that it's hard to measure stuff up, yes. on there. Um, I don't know how you eat that. I got I ordered it because you told me to, and I was like, I can't eat this. That's part of your eighty twenty, though, right? Uh, Haley I'm not going to comment just in, in res- out of respect for you. I'm just going to withhold my comments there. No, you don't have no, to. No, it's okay. Let's go next. Part one. of the dynamic of the yeah, show is that. Um, Haley says, last week you said you like to read. What is your favorite childhood book? Mm. Kind of like that question, personally. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, one that I was I was thinking about about a year ago, why this wasn't made into a movie, and then sure enough, they just made it into a movie, The Giver. Uh, was just made into a movie. It's about uh, uh, a society that uh, that only sees in black and white. But every now and then, every generation or two, there's uh, there's a child that sees uh, in color. And at, at they get to a certain age, and they start to pick their uh, vocation. And you know, various children get get uh, start to apprentice, uh, be an apprentice for whatever their adult vocation is going to be. This is a children's book. Yeah. Well, well children's like. like- uh, Nine, ten, eleven. Okay. Right? I was thinking like Alexander and the Terrible. I, I was just going to say that was. Can I get to my second part uh, of my sorry, answer? That's, that's number one, one, and the number so, two is right, that one, sorry. which just got made into a movie as well. Yeah. So there you go. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. That's, that's okay. my favorite book do. from when I was a kid. That came out like fifteen years before you were born. So they came out like the year I was born, and I'm old. Um, I'm glad you like that one though. That's one of my favorites. Uh, Adam says. We all know you take great pride in your touchdown-interception ratio, but is there another stat that tells a great story about how you're playing or whatever it might be? Is there another measurable that makes... No. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Vic says, will you be taking T.J. Lang out to Jives? Vic from Vic, uh, not no yeah. not not Vic. How, how's the not Vic Catchman Twitter account going? For I you? haven't checked it out. I don't okay. know. Um, Maybe I have. Sure you I'm haven't. Sure. Yeah. Um, will you be taking T.J. Lang to Chives in Green Bay for recovering that fumble on the last drive? I don't. I don't know. We'll see. Is that? A I got to check the film. See if it was a good. If it was a. <laughs> if he used good technique or not. Okay. Uh, Jordan says, uh, I got two musical questions for you here. Jordan says, um, rumor has it that there will be a concert at Lambeau next June. If you have One direction. Po- <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It's finished. <laughs> if you had the power, what did you artist- hear about, though? Did you hear about uh, that Harry wore a, uh, a Packer jersey down at Soldier? I know he's a huge Packers fan. Okay, I don't. I he. I'm not their target. He was up this. He was up this year. He came no game. Right. Yeah, big fan. And he. So he wore a Packers jersey to a Bears-Packers game? Or no, to wore... a concert he did at, at Soldier Field. He came uh, out oh, I point. bet that went over well. I told, Yeah, it was like the day after he was at the, one of the, the last preseason game, I think it was, when we played Kansas City. Okay. The game. Is, he, is he a nice young man? Is he is he a kid? I, I, how old are those guys? He's an adult. He's he's a grown-up? Just about. <laughs> he's got to stay. I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's in a boy band, so he's got to stay relevant. Okay. But, 
but okay. he's he's a talented guy. Um, so if uh, if you had the power to book that concert here at Lambeau Field next June, uh, what artist or band would you choose and why? I'd probably have to to hire um, Tom Crabtree as my assistant uh, to put this together. Um, plus, he you know I think he, in his other life he was like a a roadie for. Um, he would be a good roadie, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. Slash or like security. a guitar tech, you know, or just just get a few more tattoos and smoke a lot of cigarettes and stuff. Before you answer uh, your band, how excited are you for him and, and how much correspondence, since you're not using Twitter to correspond with him, have you had since he signed with the Saints? I'm really happy for him. I hope he plays some defense so I can rock him when we play him. Okay. If that's possible. Probably not. Maybe you could return a punt or something. Yeah, I'm, just, like I'm wondering how much influence he has on the uh, locker or the uh, weight room music, because he always tried to get Nickelback and Hinder on the on ours, and right. thankfully we usually worked out at the same time, so I was always there to to switch it over really quickly. But um, if we could do a concert at Lambo, <laughs> uh, I mean, it'd have to be it'd have to be a '90s uh, showcase for sure. So like a Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, Counting Crows. Live, so like uh, Rogers Palooza, and you would pick the bands from the nineties. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, here's another music-related question. Jason asks, um, "Will you be spending next Victory Monday in Milwaukee watching Pearl Jam?" I got. They must be playing. It's the enticing. Center. It is very enticing. Is that realistic? You have Tuesday off until you got to do this fine radio program. Kevin Garnett once said, "After a championship." Anything's possible. He did say that. He yelled it very loud. Yes. Uh, and the last question for Ask Aaron goes to Michael, who obviously is an avid listener to the show because he asks. Are there? there there's, there's a few. Of this. You, why do you always think there aren't avid listeners? We did that event, and you you were amazed. I think you thought maybe some people were lying, but everyone listened. They probably were, but yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Have you ever said what your "I belong" moment was? You've talked a lot about I belong moments. What was yours? Dallas. For sure? Yeah. Were you uncertain before that? No. Okay. So no, what, I mean, I, I, played good in, I played good in the preseason, uh, second and third year. Um, but I know I could play. But you have to do it in a game. You have to do it you know, over an extended period of time in a game. And that was my uh, the most time I played in a game. And um, felt good about my movement in the pocket, the way I was seeing the game. And, and knew after that that uh, uh, everything's going to be okay. Who's an I belong moment more important for it. the guy having the I belong moment or the guys that you're showing the I belong moment to so they believe in you? The person. The person who's having the I belong moment. Yeah. Um, because in order for somebody to have confidence in you, you have to have confidence in yourself. Yeah. In order for somebody to believe in you, you have to believe in yourself. And uh, in order to uh, uh, for people to follow you, you have to understand what it means to lead. And uh, all those things begin to happen at your moment. Well, that is the final moment of this show for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about the game against the Panthers and look ahead to the trip to New Orleans. Be sure to submit your questions for Ask Aaron next week. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.